dedicated to critiquing its shallowness. Nam June Pike's influential 1965 work, Magnet TV, was a demonstration of the hazy images that would appear on screen as a result of placing a giant magnet atop a television set, a distortion of a distortion. Otto Pina and Aldo Tambellini's 1968 video, Black Gate Cologne, which drew on images from American television broadcasts, featured fuzzy, hazy, scratched-up versions of news coverage of Robert F. Kennedy's assassination, combining avant-garde practice with a critique of television's banal platitudes. But a new collection of artists is interested in television as the new film, a font of cultural memory and a direct line to the national subconsciousness. In 1990, a show called From Receiver to Remote Control, the TV set, at the New Museum, which Sims draws on for S1E1, featured significantly a kind of confessional booth in which visitors could speak openly about their most cherished TV-watching memories. But the celebration of television's trashiest corners probably began in earnest with the work of Ryan Trick-Carton. His 2011 exhibit at MoMA PS1, Any Ever, was crammed full of cacophonous, deliberately garish video installations with wildly exaggerated helium-voiced characters who sang, danced, sniped, and tormented each other. Hysterical grotesques overinvested in interpersonal clashes. In short, Tricartan was reorienting reality television, stripping it of its content and leaving only the sensation of free-floating melodramatic excess. Like Tricartan, who is the co-curator of this year's triennial, Sims is not just interested in television, but in a particular subset of degraded contemporary television, the sitcom. The centerpiece of Sims' new museum installation is a 25-minute hopscotch through the history of representations of African Americans in sitcoms titled A Pilot for a Show About Nowhere. The clips culminate in an imagined sitcom of her own called She Mad, which betrays a sense of dissatisfaction with the limitations of the form, even as she takes pleasure in its triumphs. The Cosby Show, for instance, was superlative, but Pilot argues that it also turned a blind eye toward the crisis of crack cocaine, AIDS, and tough-on-crime policing that ravaged the black community during the very years the show sat atop the Nielsen ratings. Also included in this year's triennial is Casey Jane Ellison's web series Touching the Art, which lavishly mocks the art world's pretensions at the same time it pays a kind of tribute to the talking head Yakfest. The mock roundtable show includes real art world luminaries including photographer Catherine Opie and multimedia artist A.L. Steiner, with Ellison playing the Stephen Colbert-esque buffoon whose genial idiocy allows some serious ideas to be batted around. Like Colbert, she is mocking the jargon and vernacular of the art world even as she playfully creates a space for genuine dialogue. Television, it seems, is the new lingua franca, its comforting familiarity allowing for conversation between high and low, past and present, sound and image. Ellison's and Sims' work serves as a blunt metaphor for what TV lovers have been talking about for a number of years. TV is now high art. It is now on regular display in our living rooms and the subject of our fascination and debate. On a European trip to see a friend, Sims was struck by a dinner companion's comments that when Americans got together, all they liked to talk about was television. 
We no longer shuffle into confessional booths to profess our love of television. We shout it proudly from the Twitter rooftops. We are all curators at the Museum of TV now. Television, and even notebooks about television, is now in museums, honored, respected, and treated with dignity. This is undoubtedly a good thing, overriding the art world's long-standing hostility and suspicion toward what it saw as a junk food medium. That dismissal is mostly faded, but the triennial's reorienting of television for the museum may create a useful discontinuity, causing the still skeptical to reconsider the now arbitrary separation of American culture into non-overlapping high and low categories. And yet this elevation, in our homes, in our museums, may also stifle the unprecedented burst of creativity that caused television to triumph in the first place. I wonder if our burgeoning understanding of television as high art